0: The only talk radio afternoon drive show that makes sense. Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Simpia, right here on SAFM. 0614-104-107. You can also drop me an X at Aldrin St. Pierre. And our studio line is 086-000-2032. What do you make of the judgment that was handed down a bit earlier on um, by the ICJ? As we indicated, that we'll continue to be taking reaction um, from various stakeholders. Now in conversation with Stanley Cohen, who's joining us um, from the United States, international human rights lawyer is it important to keep reminding you that today's it is important to keep reminding you that today's ruling did not deal with the core accusation of the case as to whether or not Israel is committing a genocide in Gaza instead it focused more on the nine provisional measures sought by South Africa to end the human suffering in Gaza so following today's ruling did South Africa achieve its objective and legally speaking how should we interpret this outcome you now speak to Stanley Cohen Stanley good afternoon thank you so much for making time for us Thank you for inviting me. A pleasure to be with you. So on the provisions that South Africa asked for, one of them was that the state of Israel should immediately suspend its military operation in and against Gaza. But that is not the order that was handed down this afternoon. Instead, what the court is saying is that um, Israel should take reasonable measures to ensure um, that Israel should take all measures to prevent all acts of genocide. What do you make around how the court steered um, away from
1: the order that South Africa was seeking? If I'm Netanyahu right now, I'm lighting a cigar and cheering. Uh, South Africa, first, let me extend my congratulations to the South African team. The legal team did a brilliant job. Its papers were solid. Its argument was tight. Uh, unfortunately, it ran up to what I suspected would happen, a victory without a win. Um, it's it's interesting that the only specific order issued by the court was against the non-party, namely Hamas, in which Hamas was ordered uh, to, quote, quote, unquote, release the hostages. Other than that, the order simply says Netanyahu, obey the law. There was a a, a run of examples that had to do with the question of whether the court had jurisdiction, whether a prima facie case had been made out that South Africa had standing, whether a protected group had been injured, whether there was a need for intervention because of the threat of irreparable harm. Then having found all of those in favor of not just South Africa, but certainly the Palestinian people, the court concluded by saying, Israel, observe the law basically what Israel was obligated to do from day one. Israel, interpret what we believe to be the law, and let's see where we're at a month from now. So if, 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 I, am in, if I am Israel at this point, I'm going to issue a series of orders to my commanders saying you must observe the following law. Uh, I'm going to begin to build my arguments that they have, and I'm going to continue in the genocide. Uh, I think it, at, the, at day's end, this was a huge slap in the face to the global south saying your needs don't apply. So I think it was a victory without a win and not because South Africa's representatives didn't do a brilliant job, they did, but because the court was looking for a way to preserve the appearance of integrity, the appearance of applicability, the appearance of justice, but yet not to push the West, not to push Israel um, 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 and its interlocutors in a way, That would would interfere with its discretion and its ability to interpret the law in a way that suits itself. So it was not a good day for people under siege. It was not a good day for those that are occupied. It was not a good day, especially for the two and a half million people of Palestinian that are clearly in the midst of genocide. I don't know how many times the court today said, We are not ruling on the ultimate issue of whether genocide has occurred. We are simply saying there are a prima facie case of factors that trigger us to instruct Israel to obey the law. And Israel will say, fine, we're going to obey the law as they continue to drop bombs, as they continue to starve women and children and men, as they continue to herd people, as they continue to destroy and displace millions of people and all of Gaza. Yep. And then the, the World Court will say, we
0: acted. Well, the thing about this also is that Israel's already saying that, listen, we are following international law. Um, so yeah. the court basically telling them to quote, I guess, in the, in, 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 in the interpretation of Israel uh, would be that the court is basically saying that we must continue to follow the law as we've been saying that we've been following the law and the test of genocide will only come at a later stage. However, though, the huge win that people do speak of is that at least the court has said that we are not going to remove this matter from our court role as Israel has as required.
1: And now it means that there will actually be an investigation. I never doubted that there was zero chance the court was going to say a prima facie case has not been met. Of, of, it's, of course, a prima facie case has been met. There's no way that the facts, as established by objective in, in, independent agencies, have submitted to the court, not the hearsay of Israel. There's no way the court could say there isn't a prima facie case. So, yes, people are applauding, as they should, because anytime you establish jurisdiction standing a colorable claim, it's a victory. But over the next month, six months, six years, until this court eventually reaches a decision, is it a victory for those being slaughtered? Is it a victory for those being starved? Is it a victory for those whose homes and lands have been destroyed? No, it's not. Then on the issue of the
0: implementation of these orders and also the monitoring of the orders that um, the that Israel must give an update every every thirty days, which of course has been welcomed as we've just heard um, from South Africa. But what does the implementation of the order mean? While well, the court hasn't started with the test of whether a genocide has been committed, sure the court does say, as South Africa has requested, um, that all of the evidence must be protected and Israel must take measures to. ensure that the evidence is protected and the
1: evidence is not destroyed? I have appeared in state, federal, and international courts for 40 years. In law school, I learned that you can't dis- destroy potential evidence. So to the extent that people are cheering that Israel got an order to preserve evidence without the court even knowing what that evidence is, what it may be, what it may show, again, is a victory without a win. Of course, you are ordered to preserve the evidence. Of course, there's going to be arguments over the relevance and admissibility of evidence over the next six months or six years. But, And I understand, we are seeking to find some victory in, in the marrow of what I, what I again say was a great day for South Africans litigators, a team of lawyers, But when it comes to what is the immediate impact, the effect upon people under siege, people in the throes of genocide, there is none. It simply said to Netanyahu, observe the law, and Netanyahu will say, I am, as I understand it.
0: Um, Just in conclusion, Stanley, um, when we speak about geopolitics, um, our minister again has called on the friends of Israel, quote unquote, um, to ensure that Israel acts on these measures that have that have been handed down um, by the ICJ, um, how do you see the United States responding to this um, to this judgment? But also now that the judges have said that actually there is a case, because the US has previously said that it that it's meritless, but the judges are saying there's a prima facie case that has been established, and of course the
1: investigation will go ahead. I think what, what Biden will do, will announce, is that he's had a discussion with, 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 with Netanyahu. He's reminded him that they're fully in support of Israel, but they expect Israel to comply with the law. Netanyahu will say, I will comply with the law. And then Biden will go to the American people and say, I've been assured by Netanyahu they're complying with the law. I mean, the real test is, let's see if someone reintroduces a demand for a ceasefire in the in the, in, in the Security Council, and let's see if Biden goes and vetoes it again. Um it's he's in a position now, and the, the United Nations is in a position now to say, since there has been a finding of a prima facie case of genocide and the investigation underway, that there should be an order for a ceasefire. Let's see what Biden does then. Fork is cheap. Uh,
0: geopolitics once again. Um so the, the the is the order that you spoke about now to a non party um a non-state to this, um, to, to a, non, a, non, a non-state which is Hamas, which is a political party, of course. Um, some see them as as terrorists. However, though, also that they should be handing over the um, they should be handing over the the um, the hostages. My question then is that if Israel says that what we are doing has always been in line with international law, so meaning that the military operation might still continue. Um, how does Hamas respond to that? And also, how does Hamas's allies, including Hezbollah, for instance, respond to that? And also looking at what's ha- happening with the Houthis on the Red Sea?
1: I would expect, I would suspect that Hamas will respond the same way they've responded for, this, for since 2015. Let's have a trial. Let's go to court. Let's go to the ICC. This court simply says, release the hostages. Suppose of the 130 people that are still being held, 95 of them are soldiers, our military, our security personnel. They're captives of war. Does that not change the dynamic? If, if I'm Hamas, my position is simple. Let's have a trial with witnesses, with examination, with evidence, with findings by both sides, then reach your conclusion. But to simply say, release the hostages without knowing who's left, without knowing who they are, without knowing whether whoever's being held is in violation of international law, is again uh, a sloppy one-sided claim against a non-party actor. Now, in terms of other national liberation movements or other groups in the region, if I'm them, today I'm looking at each other and saying, there's your Western court, are we on our own? Or does it, when, when it comes to international law, does it only apply to states and people of color? Sure, thank
0: you so much for your time. Uh, Stanley Cohen, international human rights lawyer, there joining us from the United States.